This episode of Pop Punk and Pizza is sponsored by St. Louis, Missouri-based band Fight Back Mountain and their newest single, Die Young. We must latest single or clip of the latest single i should say called die young from a band called fight back mountain it's available now on all streaming platforms and also at fightbackmountain.bandcamp.com and you'll hear the song in full at the end of this episode i'm going out i gotta go i'll bang a ring on the radio so turn it Pop Punk and Pizza with Jacques Lamour. Hey, feels great to uh, officially be in March, doesn't it? One day closer to spring, and it just feels so good. It's been nice and warm here in the Midwest, and I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it stays that way for a long time and continues to get warmer, because I just I can't wait for those warm summer days. So growing up, I was always considered to be an old soul, an old blah, 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 blah. So growing up, I was always considered to be an old soul by many. You know, I started wearing ties and even sometimes suits to school right around age 10-ish. And mind you, this wasn't going to private school where you were required to wear such things. This was wearing suits and ties voluntarily to public school. I watched a lot of old movies from the the 30s and the 40s and the 50s at that time. And as you know, or maybe you don't know, everyone in those movies always wore a suit and a tie. And I really liked that. So I started doing that myself. Now, none of that behavior was considered normal for a 10-year-old. And uh, that kind of made it difficult to make friends uh, and quote-unquote fit in. So anytime I would run across someone who was an old soul like myself, it was always like such a spectacular moment, right? How could it not be? It's like meeting that weirdo that's just as weird as you. Um, So getting to connect with someone who was uh, similar to you as a child and even as an adult to this day is still a special moment, right? Well, it turns out our guest today also considers herself to be an old soul, or to put it in her words, a vintage millennial, which sounds so much cooler (laughs) than an old soul. Uh, Her name is Haley Kane, and she fronts a punk band called Haley and the Crushers. And we really hit it off. And um, at some points in this conversation, I felt like I was the one being interviewed, which was kind of funny. Uh, so let me introduce to you Haley Kane of Haley and the Crushers.
you messaged me or you emailed me at a really great time because I've actually been making more of an effort to have more female artists on the podcast. So it was like, it's like the perfect time. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, your last me. your last interview was really cool. I just listened to that. I really enjoyed hearing like stories of like raising chickens and like because I that's my <laughs> I was like, wow, that's actually my experience too. Is like I raised chickens and like yeah, you don't always expect that when you go on like a punk podcast. And I think it is like as easy as people just emailing you or you emailing people. It's like oh. Haley wants to be on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was cool, and um, awesome. it was so so. Thank you uh, for you know for reaching out and uh, you know yeah. be, wanting to be on. That's that's really yeah. flattering. James so. at um, Car Con Carne was the guy. I should give him credit because he was like, "Okay, I have a guy for you. You should totally." It's Jacques, right? Yes, and that's really flattering. James is is such a an amazing guy. He's he's one of my. Uh, I guess people I look up to when it, you know, when it comes to podcasting and, and broadcasting and he's been on the podcast before. Um, cause we're both in the Chicago, greater Chicago area. We interview a lot of the same people. So, yeah. you know, um, so it was kind of like it, his name got brought up so often on my podcast. I'm like, I just need to have him on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for so, sure. And so, I loved yeah. that he was down like to talk about, obviously he talks about like meat and stuff. And like, yes. I like that because when we were on tour, we always try to stop at like the, the hot, we tried, we got the hot Italian beef. We got the Chicago dog. Like we got the pizza. Like, um, we've only been to Chicago twice now. Um, but I just, I'm dying to get back if only just for the food. <laughs> right. Yeah. I <laughs> see that's, that's why we're one of the, the, you know, fattest, you know, cities in the, <laughs> that's in amazing. The yeah. It's so amazing to me because every place you go in America, you think, no, this is the fattest city. This has <laughs> got to be the fattest city. But then there's another city like Iowa where we had the, um, pork tenderloin sandwich have you heard of this oh uh they yeah they've got well i've seen there's some pretty massive ones out here but i know there's other uh states and towns that are that are like known for it and i'm like that okay that's the fattest place you know and then who knows maybe next time you know if we ever do get back on the road like i'm sure we'll be you know uh, done up again. Like there's always, you know, the next fat, I I mean, I love it. I want to go to all the fat places. Seriously. (laughs) I think it's been a while since I, I looked it up. I want to say, I think Houston was like number one or somewhere. I know they were in like the top five and of course Chicago was, I think in the top five too. So, um, so you're you not, guys. Good job. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's all the, uh, Italian beef, hot dogs and pizza. That's right. I would say. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're not like the, the stereotypical Californian where, that you don't eat meat. Cause that's like a California stereotype, right? Is like to be yeah. completely meatless. I am definitely in all ways, a California stereotype in the sense that <laughs> everywhere I went on our last tour, everywhere I go, I'm like, I'm going to pay an extra $5 for avocado. I don't care if it's $1, $5, <laughs> whatever. And, um, I treat vegan food. This is like the new thing. I think, I mean, I'm not that hip. Maybe this has been happening for a while, but I treat vegan food as its own. Like, like, you know, you get Chinese food, you get Italian food, you get vegan food. Like 
I'm like, oh, it's a, we'll have vegan night. Like that is very much it happening in our household. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes me a really insufferable California person. That's like, I have, I got the Beyond Burgers. I got this new thing I should tell you about actually. It's Pumfu. It's Pumfu. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a Kung Fu movie? Uh, yeah. It's made of pumpkin seeds. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I'm very Californian in that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm always fascinated about like all that, especially right, especially in the last couple of years with like the, uh, you know, the Beyond Burgers and, and things sure. like that becoming so popular. Um, and, and, and it's just, I don't know, it's fascinating on on how the people come up with these concoctions and it's creepy really it's very creepy it's out out there do people kind of like talk crap about that kind of no i feel like at this point a lot of it's it's really becoming i feel like more of a a widespread or nationwide thing you know the the vegan lifestyle or just um avoiding meat more you know, yeah. and going for those substitutes. I mean, all your national uh, chain restaurants are are going towards it's, it. So it's... Yeah, it's better for the environment. Um, I was actually a food writer for about five years and I loved it. And uh, we have a... I live in San Luis Obispo, California. It's halfway between LA and San Francisco. And we have an amazing growing season. It's all year we get tomatoes and we get wonderful lettuce and wonderful estate grown meat. And I'm so passionate about that. And I think also just like talking to those farmers and seeing how crazy the impact is on the land when you have, you know, just bad farming practices, you know, and the the difference between, you know, fancy, uh, fancy, organic, blah, 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 blah. Um, on the environment, again, California here, uh, I was in Nebraska and I was trying to talk to a, a corn farmer about this. And I, mm-hmm. I brought up GMOs and in Nebraska to this corn farmer at this Elks Lodge. And oh man, they almost stoned me out of there. They were like, don't <laughs> like climate change. Not real, not real at all. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm sure it wouldn't yeah. be too much different if you were talking to some of the farmers around where I live because I live an hour south of Chicago. So, and actually I, I come from a farming family. My, my whole, my whole family has been farmers except for like my brothers and I were like the first of, you know, the family that hasn't like continued the, the whole farming thing. My dad still farms. Wow. Um, What is, what, what kind of crops or or whatever? It, it, uh, it rotates between corn and soybeans mm-hmm. mainly um sometimes wheat but you know it's pretty like i guess you're run of the mill american farmer you know like that is real like that is in california there's so many random little farms that are just like we just do like radicchio and we just do like little weird sprouts and things and it's like mm-hmm. okay what y'all do and uh your family is like that's like the mega crop, you know, like that to me is like the hardcore farmer. Like you're, you know, <laughs> I, I want I, to, the way I think of it. It's almost like a manufacturer, right? Kind of farm manufacturing, kind of farming. It's very, um, I don't know. It's more to me. It's more on the basic side of things. I, I don't know. I don't know. Much, I don't know much <laughs> about farming. I really don't. And I you tried not to. <laughs> well, it's not that. I don't know why we didn't kind of 
you know, my brothers and I, why we didn't kind of continue the tradition. Cause I don't even know how to drive a tractor, you know, like, so, um, it's funny. I, I only listened to a couple of the shows, no offense, but just in preparation. I mean, I didn't no, listen I'm, to you I'm, before. James. I'm honestly flattered, <laughs> but, um, I was listening to a couple and you brought up your grandfather or your grandparents a couple times. And I can't remember what episode this was. Cause I was like skipping around a little cause I'm ADD, but, um, you were talking about how it's weird that generations like the things that fall out of consciousness in that generation, even in one generation. And I think you're completely right. I never knew, really met my grandparents on either side. And you're, it's crazy to me that like, yeah, people that do have that heritage with their grandparents and like that, that real good, like closeness and stuff, even with them, it's like, you can lose languages. You can lose so much culture. It's kind of sad, but it's also kind of like, I mean, probably a good thing for some people, you know? Yeah, it, it really is sad um, because I think that attributes to a lot of the, just the misunderstandings um, with other cultures, you know? Um, I, uh, like, um, the whole race thing, too, you know? the oh. You know, I, I feel like that attributes to, to you know, that whole thing. Um, absolutely. So yeah, it's, yeah. uh, so I guess, so yeah, I guess I'm a part of, of, you know, <laughs> like just losing the, the seed of the, the farming thing, you know? So, but I, who knows? Like, I mean, I've got a son, my, one of my other brothers has a daughter. I mean, you never know if, right. um, and I suppose it's never too late for my, bro- <laughs> you know, right. my brothers and I, but, uh, you know, cause we're still young technically. So, you know, yeah, but I mean, it's so interesting, like the American story is so much about like the grandfather coming from a different place, coming here, starting a thing or grandmother starting a thing. And then it's like up to the next generation to like, either carry that on or not. And it's like, not to like make this about feminism, but you know, you brought up like having a woman on your show. I always think about this. It's so wild to me, the way the the world my mother lived in as a woman and the world my mother's mother lived in as a woman are alien to me. They are, I mean, some things are the same, but it's like the thought, the stuff they had to deal with and the fact that women didn't get the right to vote till 1920, it's like, whoa, wow. Like, it's good that some of those traditions and some of those, like you said, like some racial, you know, bigotry and stuff like that just kind of dissolves a little bit, like as we go. Mm-hmm. And when I look at just like, yeah, just, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just, it, it is amazing. Like it's up to like my mother probably didn't want me to be like a punk rock artist, but like now that I'm doing it, she's like, wow, that's something I couldn't have never done. And your mom, my mother could have never done. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah. It kind of all works out. So it's like, you never know what your kids are going to end up doing and like how it like is going to bring the whole culture forward, you know? Right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, you know, you're talking about women didn't get the right the the right to vote until 1920 and then like even fast forward i don't know probably 30 years from then or or like go to the the 1960s they still did not have a lot of rights sure they could vote but right. how much were they really supported you know and the, yeah and even black people like were basically barred from voting even though they were voting it was more like uh <laughs> yeah. like either so many rules on the books and it's crazy like i don't know how you feel about the whole analogy of like 1968 or 9 versus 20 like 2019 and 2020 kind of being on that ledge mm-hmm. but like as someone who loves history and definitely like 
you know, tries to see parallels in history as we kind of try not to repeat our same mistakes. I'm like, wow, that is really crazy. Like this, the, the women's liberation situation, the racial justice situation, the uprisings, you could even say like the insurrection and all this stuff that's going on. I mean, it's like when people used to burn flags in the streets. It's so, it's so much. It's so much to deal way, with. Way too much. Way, <laughs> like, way too much. It's. I'm glad that we're talking right now, especially because I don't want to get into politics, but I feel like you <laughs> having an interview like this where we're, you know, just chatting or whatever, it keeps me from going there. And I need to have like people I talk to and like have like fun conversations with or else I get into like a weird mind state where it's like, we're in a pandemic. The world is ended. What else is going on? And it's going to happen. And I don't know how if you, your podcast helps you mentally, but for me, I like need to have these chats with people or else I just go psycho. Like I can't process what's happening in our world right now. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to digest. And I think the less we, um, digest media and any media for that matter, it doesn't matter if it's social or media or TV. Um, it's it's good to just st- you know spend time away from it and just live your life like i feel like w- each one of us if we focused more on just the people that we encounter in our day-to-day lives versus like all the problems that are happening in the world i feel like if we all do that we'll all make the world a better place because that's really where you make the biggest difference right is just the people you encounter in your day to day life lives, you know, that's, that's how I feel anyway, you know, instead of just like ranting about all the crap that's (laughs) happening in the world on Facebook, like, Oh my gosh, this election is bullshit. And this, you know, all, all this stuff, like, what does that do? It does nothing. Why don't you just, you know, you may as well just put the phone down and go out and just treat people the way they should be treated. I love this. I'm, it's so hard. I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to ask you though. I ask everyone now, I, cause I'm genuinely curious and I need help with this. Like what is your boundary around the internet and the phone, especially I, how do you do it? I have a problem. I'm addicted to my phone, um, and constantly checking it. So, um, it's really, it, sometimes I'm really good at this and sometimes I'm really not, but Lately, when I'm with my son, I try to, I literally will have to put my phone in another room out of sight and out of mind or otherwise, if it's like, if it's on me or just near me, I'm going to constantly check it, you know, and I guess it, maybe I just have that, that personality, you know, that addictive personality, you know, they built it that way. (laughs) Right? They built for planned os- obsolescence and they built for it to just be the yummiest feeling in the world. And it really is yummy to like check and check your phone and see who liked your photo and all that bullshit. Yeah. And that's what but. it is that we're all constantly checking that interaction. Like, Ooh, did someone think this was cool? And yeah. like, yeah. you know, so, so yeah. And if, if I don't do that, then I'm really losing out on, on those, those moments. And it doesn't matter if it's with my son or it could be with my girlfriend or my family or whoever it is. Um, even like, um, when I'm at work, I have to put my phone in my desk, in my drawer 
I and, like that. In a Physical. Yeah, in a different yeah. room or otherwise. Yeah, like physically remove it. Yeah, that's I have good. To, yeah, I have to I have to physically, you know, and some days I'm terrible at it, but some days I'm good at it because otherwise, like, my work will take twice as long or... Sure. Yeah, because you're distracting yourself. Yeah, so, so read, you have that same... Yo, yeah, I mean, everything you're <laughs> saying. I mean, I think we all do. I think the difference between 2021 or whatever this time is versus like a couple years ago is we all have been addicted, but we weren't admitting it to ourselves and to other mm -hmm. people. And now there's all these books coming out. Like I read How to Do Nothing, which is also sort of like an anti-capitalist, like you don't have to be productive kind of entwined in it, which is, it's very interesting. It's a weird book. And also um, How to Break Up With Your Phone. And I love these books. And when I'm reading them, I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, I'm going to like put my phone in the drawer like you do. I'm going to put it. And I do put it away at night now. Thank God. Yes. Um, having it away from your bed is always a good idea. Away from you. But yes. <laughs> the one bone I have to pick, which I would love to know what your listeners think about this, because I mean, you obviously have a lot of musicians who you talk to and who listen to your show. Yes. Like every single one of these books, every single one of them is like, you need to take a social media detox. You need to take a break. You need to stop posting. You need to stop caring and also delete your apps. And for any band out there today, that's actually trying to reach a goal of like getting their music out to more than just their friends. That is not a possibility because touring, um, new, you know, we're trying to put singles out every couple months. Now everybody's doing singles versus albums. There's so many things you need to get out into your quote unquote fan base that like, I can't stand these books that are like, oh yeah, just delete your apps. But what about creative people where a lot of like your creative goals really like sit on the, the fact that that's how people communicate. Like I, I don't, I'm not posting about my dog anymore. I'm posting about like my band, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I just feel frustrated by that. Cause I feel like we're the creative people are really kind of screwed and they have to, they have to be engaged all the time. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong. No, 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 no. It, well, it's, it's like anything else. It's, it's finding that, that balance, you know, it's finding that, that, um, that good mixture of like yeah. doing those things that you need to do on social media and, and getting the word out and everything like that. And then also taking time away from that. And it's kind of like, right. It's kind of like a job, you know, like let's say you spend, and with however many hours on your phone and then, okay, now the rest of the night, I'm not going to be on my phone or, you yeah. know, see, this that... is where it's really kind of messed up. Cause I'm a freelancer. So I basically work all the time everywhere, like from anywhere. And so, yeah, this makes sense. I don't have any boundaries around my work. So why would I have boundaries around my phone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have like it's... time off, you know, I'm like, I mean, I'm not complaining. I just, that's mm -hmm. yeah. But I mean, especially now with COVID, I think we're all more like how my life has been as a freelancer, where I just kind of do what I need to get done and get the things out that need to get out for my clients as a freelance writer and marketer. Um, we're all kind of doing that now. It's like, we're all like, do I need to check my email right now? Is my boss pissed? Like, you know? <laughs> and I really feel for people that are just coming into it for the first time, because it can be so like schizophrenic and just like, hard to know like where you're at. And like you said, taking time off to do nothing. Who even does that anymore? Like I, I want to meet people that do that. I want to be that person that's just like completely unplugs and just does yoga 
Like, yeah. That's not me. <laughs> it, I know. I, um, I'm, I try so I'm, I'm like you, I try so hard working at that, you know, and, and putting the phone away and <clears throat> spending more time in real life and not in virtual life. Although like one could say, well, that is real life now. And yes, it is to a certain extent, but you know, like there is still just you in your room alone with a phone that's got you know, millions of people on it. It's, yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> wow. You parents, like, I just feel for you guys because I can't imagine having kids right now. But I mean, every generation probably says that. But every I mean, generation does. <laughs> it, like my, yeah, my mom always says every generation thinks they invented sex, which is true. <laughs> and I think it's the same for every generation. <laughs> I have actually never heard that, but that. You might have made it up. He might have made it up. I mean, that's so true, though. That but every generation could... thinks it was like five miles in the snow both ways uphill. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, um, yeah, I, I, sometimes I hear my coworkers say, you know, our kids are screwed. And I'm like, well, your parents said the same thing about, you know. I mean, Absolutely. sure, if you want to be completely derogatory about it, yeah, okay, go ahead. But I, I don't think we're all screwed. It's just... You know, that the the world is constantly changing and somehow we have to weather yeah. weather that. <laughs> what know? a lack of perspective. I think that's like the worst part of I think we all need to have a much bigger, wider lens and view of our world, how long it's been here, where we're at. Like I constantly think about that. And I do think in terms of generations, you know, which is why I have an album called Vintage Millennial, I feel like I'm an old millennial and yeah. I know there's a unique I think you're an old millennial too. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was going to say when Are I you? first, yes. When I first read that title, I'm like, <laughs> wow, this speaks to me. Cause I mean, I, I was really thinking about this today because, um, I had a, uh, one of, one of my old, um, mentors, I found out he passed away today and oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. It, it, you know, he was, I think 91. So, you know, he lived a, a long, uh, fruitful life, but at, at age 10 is when I really started to get into like filming and, and photography and videography and, and, um, broadcasting, you know? And so I, I went to the, the local, uh, we, we had a, uh, like a, a, a cable access channel in the town I grew up in. And, I, I met, um, the, the guy who was the president of the channel. Uh, he went to our church. He was a deacon there actually. And I was an altar server. And so I learned that he was the president and, you know, I was interested in that. And I told him all about like these old movies I was into, like, you know, and he was just, super impressed. I was only 10, but like he gave me a chance, you know? <laughs> so like literally I started like, I guess technically, you know, like I started learning, you know, broadcasting, it was TV broadcasting, but like, you know, I started learning about that at 10 and it was just really, uh, cool to see like 
to like talk to someone who's like way older than me. I watch all the movies that they watched when they were growing up. And like, I knew all those movies and actors and actresses, you know, and they're just like, how does he know these things? Wow. That's so, <laughs> so yes, cool. So yes, I am a vintage millennial like you. I ah. mean, <clears throat> how could I not? I was going to, I was totally going to like ask you about where because your style is so cool like your hair and your your glasses your makeup your outfits and it's just it's just <laughs> I'm like i'm voguing over here for people <laughs> that don't know i'm voguing yeah you're totally that's that's cool you're you're worth a vogue but um it's just like you know it um it's really i find it really cool i find your style well, thank very you. cool yeah. well thank you first so i want to i do want to ask though are you talking about old movies like 60s movies and 50s movies or like 80s movies like what are we talking there i mean i'm i'm partial to um you know 30s 40s 50s 60s Ooh. i all i i kind of stop around the 60s i mean i do like some 70s and 80s movies of course but like i'm not like as as attracted to 70s and 80s films as i am to films that are older than that you know i have not seen any movies at all ever no movies and neither has my husband uh reed dr kane our bass player in the crushers he is he actually a doctor doctor of love (laughs) (laughs) and podiatry no (laughs) he's a doctor (laughs) and he's he's a dr kane esquire fake doctor fake lawyer and not to go on a tangent, but he it's his um, evil comic book name if he had one, like evil villain Ooh, name. Ooh, that's pretty and cool. And he, he owned a comic book store here in Slow for about 10 years called oh, Dr. Kane's. Awesome. Yeah, Dr. Kane's Comics, which he sold to a friend so he could tour more. Go figure. Yay, 2020. <laughs> and um, <laughs> that's why but when people that say... Have, that must mm-hmm, have hit hard. <laughs> it's lame. It's lame, dude. It's lame. Uh, um, but... Um, I, we haven't seen any movies. And so when people are like real movie buffs, I'm always like, okay, mm-hmm. you, your homework is you have to send me like one movie from the thirties. Like send me one movie to watch because I don't know what my excuse is, but I just never saw any of the sem- like the, the good iconic movies. The I mean, golden, I've seen Star Wars. The golden no. age of Hollywood. And even stuff that's more recent. I haven't seen. And Reed's excuse is he grew up in a very tiny town in Colorado called Carbondale, uh, where they had one tiny little movie theater and they didn't pave the streets until 1974. That's like his big story. That and, is uh, pretty. <laughs> ra- that's that's pretty crazy. And that's, he's a Gen Xer. That is as like small town as it gets. Right. And so people are constantly like giving him crap because he hasn't seen any movies. So mm. if you can give me a couple of movies, it'll make me seem smart. Oh, I'm like could... so into that. Just like email me later because. I need to know. <laughs> I could, I could, yeah, I could, uh, I mean, I could tell you some right now, but yeah, you would probably forget. I'll, I'll yeah, have to send, send you some titles, but there's so yeah. many, uh, there's so many great movies and it just depends on like what you're into or like who you've been actually like sort of interested in, you know? Right. Um, but so, so how come you didn't want, like, what, you're not much of a movie person. Do you spend time like watching TV shows? Or are you just into books or comics or books? Yeah, more books. I like graphic novels. I've never been a movie person ever. So I just like don't really like sitting down maybe for two hours. <laughs> I'm one of those people that just sound very snotty about it, but you have I think to constantly I mean, be doing something. Like, yeah, I mean, I went, I went to the uh, video palace and got a VHS of Rock and Roll High School. 
and like a racer head. And like, for some reason they had like full metal jacket and a couple other like kind of cool movies that I'm surprised they had where I grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember like thinking like, I am going to watch clockwork orange, like as almost like a, like a, a study, like I must watch this film. And after a while, I just realized it was very, um, I think we all do this, especially growing up. Like you think you have to do these things to be like an intellectual or to be cool or underground or like, for instance, I was getting tattooed when I was much, when I was like real young in my teen years. And like, now I don't like tattoos, you know? <laughs> and I think I just did it because I thought it was part of my culture at the time. And so, yeah, I'm just not a movie person. I know that sounds very weird, but like some people I'm, don't even like food. They're not foodies. You know, right. who are those people? They're monsters. <laughs> I'm not a monster. I like dogs too. I'm not an anti-dog person. I just don't give a crap about movies. <laughs> but I want to. Yeah, I want to. I'll, I'll have to shoot some your way. I'm sure there's there's bound to be some that, that you would be into. Yeah. So for sure. There's um, your little puzzle. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to do, I'm going to do something like I've already thought of some in my head. Um, right. Nice. I hope you're enjoying my conversation so far with Haley Kane of Haley and the Crushers. Just a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Fight Back Mountain, which is a pop punky alternative ish band from St. Louis. They've got a brand new single out right now called Die Young, which you can listen to on Spotify or on Bandcamp and you can hear it in full at the end of this episode. Their second record, Lavender Sky, is going to drop this July in 2021. So this is for fans of pop punk like Alkaline Trio or Lawrence Arms, um, but also people at the same time who enjoy Smashing Pumpkins and Quicksand, where they're, uh, f- they feel like reliving the Clinton years. So be sure to follow them on Instagram and Twitter, at FightBackMTN, and then on Facebook, at Fight Back Mountain. Now let's get back to Haley Kane of Haley and the Crushers. If you didn't get your vintage style from like watching old films, where does it come from? Um, boredom. So when I was, <laughs> I grew up in uh, Hermosa Beach, uh, California, which is like in Southern California by the beach, obviously. Yeah, a publicist um, that I work with all the time is lives there it's and nice I always, I always see him posting pictures of the beach and i'm always like oh man i'm so jealous <laughs> the main like the one thing that makes people the most jealous is i'm like i remember being a little kid and seeing pamela anderson on the beach literally filming baywatch in the early 90s like hanging wow. out in the beach like because redonda beach or most beach they would film out there and manhattan beach too and um so yeah, I grew up down there and I, so they had a really good, um, oldies station down there. Okay. And so I was always listening to oldies music constantly. I was like obsessed with oldies music and I liked Elvis and I like had all the weird, like fifties horn rim glasses that weren't real glasses. Like this is like nine years old. Like if we were back in the day, we would have been best friends. Cause you seem like a weird, <laughs> weird ass kid. <laughs> Like you seem like a crazy weird kid that like loves old people. And I was like that too. I was just like, I was, I was hanging out with old people all the time. So (laughs) then you won't be surprised when I tell you that. uh, So the, so we, it was a relatively safe area. It wasn't like fancy like it is now, Mm. Um, but I could go down to the strand and skateboard and hang out by the beach. Or my sister and I were allowed, my older sister and I were allowed to go to a big antique thrift store barn. 
cool. And yeah, it was cool. And so it was like the one place that we could go that we were allowed to go where like our parents were cool with it and they worked all the time. So like we were kind of alone a lot. And so we go down there and we would find, we'd have like a small allowance, like a couple bucks. And I could find like old retro records, Supremes records, Dick Dale, Tijuana Brass. I mean, these were the records that I was finding for like 10 cents or whatever in the yeah, crap for very di- Right. Yeah. And exactly. I, of course I had a record player because I thought they were cool and old school. And I just liked that. And so my sister and I would buy like old clothes and like she would buy old prom dresses and she's uh she sews and stuff so she could like sew costumes and we'd like make videos together and i think i just formed this obsession and love of like the color and the just like the the vibe of like six like late 50s to like late 60s like i just mm-hmm. love that aesthetic so much and so um i think that's what happened i think when you're little you kind of just meld as you know like you could just <laughs> meld to something like you're obsessed with these old movies like mm-hmm. for me that's what it was and so it was really just like an escape for my sister and i because we were so bored we were so bored <laughs> like the boredest kids you've ever met um yeah. the beach only does so much <laughs> oh yeah and we're we're just weird like my sister i always tell this story but like she was probably like 13 and she shaved her eyebrows shaved her head and like went to school with like a ziggy stardust like oh my lightning God. bolt on her face wow <laughs> yeah so i grew up with a big sister who was also insane like i hope she doesn't hear this because she's <laughs> she is kind of crazy but she's like i had this person who was like feeding me like literally like oh, here's a philosophy of Andy Warhol book when you're like 10 and like, here's Lou Reed and here's Pink Floyd and here's um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. And so these all sound kind of cliche now because we're all adults. We've all kind of experienced mm-hmm. that. But I feel like as a kid, I was soaking up so much of my sister's eccentricity that I never thought I could be weirder than her. And I still don't think I am. And therefore, <laughs> I feel normal. Because <laughs> she lives in so Berlin. Funny. Now she lives in Berlin, oh. of course. You know, why not? And she's just sure. like living her whole crazy 30s jazz fantasy lifestyle. So I, I don't know if you have siblings, but I feel like that can be such a huge, like, you know, oh, experience. No. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm the baby of the family. So I have two older brothers and my oldest brother is the one that introduced punk rock to me. And that is obviously st- stuck with me into my thirties. So, you know, um, that's, and it, what, what's really funny about it is my brother, he moved on, you know, from pop sure. punk and punk rock, but I never did. So you drank the Kool-Aid. I I guess so. Like it was just like, you know, like when I was like, I don't know, eight or nine or 10, he introduced MXPX to me. And that was, I mean, that was one of the first, but I was sold. Like I remember when, you know, um, the ever passing moment, uh, which was the record from 2000. I was 10 years old. It was like the first record in full that I ever heard from them because of him. And, you know, that was it. Just, that was, that was you it. Know, you know, it's, it's really funny you say that because our new single church of flag is exactly mm-hmm. about that moment. And we used flag like black flag as an example, because for, for both Reed and myself, black flag was like an early influence where, like now when we see kids that seem like they need to be a little empowered, we're like, we should just slip them a black flag tape, you know, like, cause it's the way you get into the church of punk 
And it's not, it's not about one band, MXPX, you know, Sex Pistols, whatever it is, something obscure and British that no one's ever heard of, <laughs> um, which I mean, who, who, whose first record was that? I don't know. But um, it, it is, I know exactly what you're saying. It's that moment where something in you fuses to that energy and you will be forever changed. It has changed your DNA. And I like to say that it like punk rock saved and destroyed my life a million times over and it's still doing it and it's still <laughs> destroying me and it's still pushing me in a way where I'm like, can I not want to live in a van? Can I want like a normal life? Can I want, and I just can't like it completely screwed me over in so many ways, but it also empowered me, you know? Yeah. So I think like that moment, I just think it's so right on what you said. It's just like, yeah, you were done. That mm-hmm. you suddenly you had, you're, that was it. Like right. you were not going to ever <laughs> move on from that. Yeah. Like I, if I'm not listening to that, I'm usually listening to like, um, Frank Sinatra <laughs> or like, you know, or I, I guess, that. I mean, I do like there, there are like some contemporary pop artists that I like, of course, because sure. I mean, I work on a, a pop music station. So, you know, I, I right. do delve into to modern pop a little bit, but it's yeah. mainly like I'm either listening to, yeah, you know, the and anything in the the punk realm or it's, you know, really old. <laughs> I'm interested in this so. Frank Sinatra, like a Dean Martin, I'm imagining situation for you. Because <laughs> I've noticed that artists, if you really talk to like people that are really into music, they have these two sides where it's like, oh, I listen to like death metal, but I also listen to like, you know, <laughs> ambient like bird song and (laughs) i want to know about this because for me my thing is and i'm embarrassed like my spotify wrapped was embarrassing because it was all like 1960s exotica full on uh instrumental like the stuff that has like the birds chirping and it's like you know got all the weird like chimes and like xylophone and like i'm like oh my god this is like all i really listen to when i'm not listening to like punk rock music is and, that like uh, what you're listening to when you're like working or cleaning yes. or yes. cooking? To me, that's more calming than I almost, uh, I'm sure you can relate to this. When I hear music that is near to what I do at all, I start mm-hmm. thinking about how they made it. And that bridge <laughs> is coming in really soon. And I start, yeah. I know everybody says that, but it it does kind of sour a little bit sometimes. And I can't really enjoy it as much as I wish I could. But I want to know what this Dean Martin, like Frank Sinatra thing for you. Cause I feel like we all have this weird B side where like, yeah, like for whatever, what is that doing for you? It calms you or you just like love it. Like, well, wow. it just comes from my childhood that, you know, that came from, um, you know, kind of with the the vintage movies kind of thing. Um, But yeah, I guess so. There's a lot of times when I'm cooking that I'm listening to Frank Sinatra, you know, some kind of jazz swing kind of, you know, so. You ever get into that country swing that like um, kind of, I think it's 40s country swing? I I, I know what you're talking about. I never got into it because I couldn't even tell you like an artist that's like country swing. Yeah, it's just (laughs) really fun music. It's yeah. just, um, I'm trying to think of a name too. Reed would know he's a big country guy, but that's really fun, like swing, but it's got like, you know, fiddle in it sometimes. Yeah, so, it, yeah. it is really interesting. <laughs> I've, I've definitely heard some country swing, yeah. but I could not like pick an artist yeah. uh, out of a hat. 
Um, well, neither can I, so I don't know why I yeah. brought it up, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things you say in an interview where you're like, wait, I don't why even know why I, I brought say, that why up. Why did I say that? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I was wondering, it was it was really really cool to hear, actually, where the meaning of Church uh, Church of the Flag comes from. Or, right? Church of the Flag? Did I that say That sounds very, like... Church of the flag, <laughs> here they come. Yeah, it's church of flag. But okay, church of flag. I um, wanted to call it church of black flag, but Reed wouldn't let me. He's like, it's too on the nose. So Continue. I can see so, that. Yeah, <clears throat> I I do. I think I think he had the right idea because it makes you kind of makes you wonder more. Like, right. okay, what what is this song about? Because you know, using black flag, it's like, oh, okay. And then you're alienating yeah. everyone that like doesn't give a crap about black flag. And I think it's, it's so like, it's really any band. It's like the Beatles. I want to hold your hand for some people, you know, there's always that one song. So we wanted mm-hmm. to keep it kind of general. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So with, um, with church of flag being out, I know I read you're working on another full length because Vintage Millennial was released last year in uh, 2020. So what's what's the writing like? How's that going for (laughs) this? What's it like writing an album with all this pandemic stuff going on? How has that influenced? Oh, my God. Like people always say we're such a fun band and like, oh, you're so fun. You're so upbeat. You remind me of the Go-Go's. And I always love to hear that and I love Mm -hmm. it. But man, we've been writing some of these songs and like, we're just looking at each other like, this is so dark. This is so sad. Uh, I think one thing that a lot of artists can probably relate to is just that like when the machine stopped, like the, 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 the touring machine and the I mean, just the live music machine. I mean, that's all, you know, we all get so much. um, I don't know. I get a lot of passion and energy from meeting people and being out there. And we spent a hundred days on the road in uh, 2019, not all playing shows, but just like out in the world. And I feel Mm -hmm. like when that turned off, a lot of artists, myself included, really like retreated and became a lot more introspective. And a lot of my own issues came up things that I wasn't maybe dealing with because I was as a lot of creative people are just like constantly like, what's the next song? What's the next single? Um, just creating. And I had like a million ego deaths. I swear. I feel like every time I hit a bottom, I'm like, this must be it. Right. And then there's like an <laughs> elevator shaft that goes down. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I know exactly right? what you're talking about. Like, Please oh, tell me, you know what this, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This must be rock bottom. Right. Nope. <laughs> and you know, we're both around the same age. I'm imagining like early I'm, mid thirties. I'm 30. Actually. Oh, you're 30. I'm 33. Yeah. Um, and I think also like that time of life, is very weird. Cause I feel like your thirties are this time when people are, spo- are kind of like, well, you've kind of figured out what you want to do. And this is your time to really attack it and have massive action to do the things you want to do. It's a very ambitious time. You know, you have a kid, so it's like, I'm sure you can relate to that. Like you just really want to succeed and build something. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we had a European tour completely lined up. We had, we had plane tickets. We had Blah, blah, blah. No one gives a crap anymore. It's fine. Um, everybody's saying <laughs> the care. same crap. I care. I know. I, I just, <laughs> I hear myself saying that. It's like, Haley, shut up. Like that's well, also a lot of people didn't go have plans to go to Europe, but you know. Yeah, well, well 
How so, how did how was that lined up though? I I know it it didn't happen, but that's still really cool. Like I worked I worked really hard on it. I mean, I did it all myself. I it was all I, DIY, huh? All DIY. Wow. Everything is DIY. Everything is DIY. It's my whole heart. It's everything. And so, yeah, to answer your question, just really rambly, it's just been really, <laughs> uh, the songs are coming from a deeper place and I'm very interested and excited actually to see these bands that you maybe think of, especially in the pop punk realm. I want to see like what happens with their 2020 songs and the songs they wrote as they were going through this time, because nobody is safe from this and nobody has gotten out of it unscathed. And I think that is what the new album is going to be. It's going to be so dark. Um, <laughs> going to have to trade in uh, all the, the bright colors for, you know. Corpse paint, yeah. Yeah, something. <laughs> Man. Yeah, gonna but just... that's life, right? I mean, yeah. it's no. contrast. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, such, uh, it's so hard to be graceful, to be in a state of grace at all right now. But like in my best moments, I just remember there's always contrast, like nothing lasts forever and nothing's happy forever. There's, there is no like promised land. We're all just like trying to live in the mess and I want to write in the mess. I want to make music from the mess. I just want to keep being in it and not try to like get out of it because mm -hmm. we can't escape this reality. It is happening. <laughs> I mean, you can try, right? you know, we uh, all try a little bit. <laughs> tequila was happening in our house. I don't know about you, but there was, there was tequila happening in our house that had to get kind of rained back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's pretty much been the past year for, for everyone drinking has been up but i think at this point people are like okay <laughs> yeah need to, need to dial that back a little bit yeah you know did you try to have some like good new year's resolutions or did you give yourself a break this year it's so weird um no i always have um some you know some type of goals or yeah resolutions that kind of thing um i mean i don't know i feel like everyone does whether they admit it or not you know, they'll say, Ooh. they'll like to, they'll like to sound cool and say, no, I don't do that. You know, I'm like, okay, you, you got something going on in your brain. Everyone's got an idea, you know, at least I think. That's don't a controversial, like, I think that's a very <laughs> controversial thing to say. And I'm very like, <laughs> I am shocked am and I appalled. Call, am I calling you out? <laughs> Not at all. I just, you know, those people that always say it's an arbitrary date. It's an arbitrary date. I don't know. I think they really feel it's arbitrary. I really believe them. Mm -hmm. I don't think they, they see it as an important thing at all. I mean, I do. I definitely do it. So I did it this year as well. They're just real small goals. Like get my yeah. new glasses prescription filled. Like literally that's <laughs> one. I'm not joking right now. <laughs> I actually need new glasses too. So it's such know. a hassle. It, it is. It is. And, and a lot of money. That's my problem. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it's, it's always like, you know, 300 plus dollars or somewhere around there. And I'm like, geez, like, you that's why you got to get up in the fashion glasses. I'll send you a link. I, I got some <laughs> okay. cheapos, you know, you can coordinate with your outfits. Okay. There we go. That's, that's what I need. I need, I mean, you're very stylish. So, you know, Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. You know, it's, you know, it really, it connects to how I feel. And if, 
the days that I'm not in my outfits, I feel pretty crappy. I feel like I kind of have to do that for myself in a way. Mm-hmm. And it, and I, it's fun when I go to the grocery store. Like the other day, I just decided I was going to wear this like vintage 50s hat with like weird fake flowers everywhere. And it looked crazy. <laughs> it looked insane. And I knew I looked crazy. And like, it was fun because I went into Sprouts, the grocery store, and people were like, oh, you look like springtime. And, you know, it almost <laughs> makes me feel like I'm somehow like... I don't know, brightening. I'm like a little peep or something, like a little <laughs> Easter peep or flower. I love, I love peeps. So who does it? So I try to be a peep in like a very like cold Hershey world, you know. <laughs> you know I, don't I don't know. know. I just came up with that out of my ass. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, it sounded really good. Not Thank gonna you. lie, that sounded very well put together, very well thought out. I don't know what it is, but for some reason, like the angle of your face right now, you kind of look like Meryl Streep a little bit. Oh, I love that. A young Meryl Streep is well, obviously a, hot t- yeah. a young. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but yeah, I've gotten that before, and I'm always like, "Thank you," because that's a very like distinguished and like cool person and beautiful person to be. Um, I love her. I mean, I know she made movies. I my favorite movie, actually, I do have a favorite movie, and you're. You're probably going to laugh, but it's Death Becomes Her. I don't know that movie. Don't? Now, is that a Meryl Streep movie? Uh, Yes. Now I'm scared that it's not. But yeah, it is. (laughs) 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 Well, I mean, the... Mo, at least you know who Meryl Streep is. You know, I mean... It's Meryl Streep and who's the Goldie Hawn? Goldie Hawn. I was going to say, who's Goldie Hawn's mom? Thinking of the other one. See, this is... I'm like an 80-year-old woman. Um... (laughs) Two women, it's awesome. It's super dark, but it's two women that find the um, everlasting potion of youth and beauty and um, they end up dying. And so oh it's God. their, but it's, but it's their, their journey to try to get their decomposing bodies like to live on. It's very, very dark and weird. Uh-huh. So yeah, there wow. you go. Yeah. yeah, that, that does kind of, that is kind of strange. I recommend but, a movie to you. So, uh, yeah, wow. I never thought that was going to happen. Two thumbs up from Haley Crusher. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like movies. I just don't watch them. Oh, by the way, you should watch this movie. <laughs> I know. It's so bad. It's Here's so my bad. movie recommendation. <laughs> Seriously. There's got to you know, be others. I want to support group for people that don't watch movies because I swear I get into cocktail party situations where there's just blank. I don't, you know, it's bad. I do need help. So need help. Are, are you a, a pretty... Uh, I'm guessing you're a pretty sociable person. Or are you more of an, an introvert? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you kind of like in between? I get a lot of like, I get really keyed up when I'm around people and I feed off of it. I love it. And then I go into the van or I go into my bedroom and I'm awake for many hours because I'm so up from it. Mm-hmm. So whatever that is, I'm like very uh, sensitive to people. And uh, I love it. I love it. But I also need a lot of time alone. But I feel like there's a fad now where people are like, I'm an introvert extrovert. And I'm not going to say that here because I think that's kind of messed up for real introverts. Because like my mother, my mother said the funniest thing. She's like, when I have a party, um, the minute that people walk through the door, all I can think of is how good it's going to be like when they leave. And she doesn't mean it in a mean way. She wants to see her friends and family, but I think that's such an introverted thing to think. Just like they (laughs) just want to be in their stasis of like alone. Mm. And I I feel like that's a real 
struggle for people. So I'm not going to say that. So yeah. <laughs> Why do you ask? I was just curious. Um, oh. Just, I don't know. Some, <laughs> something, there was something, there was a reasoning I asked the question, but now I can't remember yeah. it. But I there, love, I love playing shows and like, I just love like right after getting off stage, you're all sweaty and you're, hair is all messed up and you're just like so bone tired, but then like you just are hanging out at the merch table and you meet all mm-hmm. these people. And like, I never, ever, ever, ever shy away from any of that. Like I love to meet people that are at our shows and I love to go to shows. And I feel like that was a huge, like social element of my life that's gone now. So it's, it's pretty hard. It's pretty sad. It won't um, be gone forever. Really? Just remember, <laughs> I know it feels like it, but it'll be back. You think so? Yeah, how, long, w- how long do you think until live music? I want to I, I want to ask your opinion on this. Oh man, I mean, my opinion is probably as good as anyone's. I mean, I don't have like a, you know, that reminds me. I should talk to a friend of mine who's a uh, a well known promoter in Chicago and see <laughs> see how he's doing, um, and what his insight is and what he's hearing. But um, yeah, I think it's it's you know, I mean. If it happens this year, like, you know, where it's on a consistent basis, I feel like it won't be until the fall. Yeah. If it does happen this year. Yeah. But I agree. People are. Yeah. It's going to be a while. Yeah. Just because how slow the rollout of the vaccine has been. Yeah. It's been very slow. I'm hoping that. So for those that haven't heard, the, the vaccine is supposed to hit the drugstores February 11th. Wow. So uh, drugstores are are, going to start administering, you know, the the big uh, chain drugstores we're talking, you know, probably to the little ones too, the locally owned ones. But, you know, all your CVSs and Walgreens and Rite Aids and all those Walmart and they're all going to have the vaccine now. And I think I read today, I think it was a let me see if I still have it pulled up. It was like a million. They're supposed to get a million doses. Yeah. They're supposed to get a million doses every week. Oh my so gosh. Wow. I'm really, this I'm is, really, yeah. yeah. So I'm really hoping like, you know, if that goes, you know, like it's supposed to maybe we'll start. And I, and I think even people that have been skeptical about the vaccine <clears throat> are starting to turn. And they're so? starting, and hmm. they're starting to, you know, think uh, maybe I should, you know, give it a try, right? And, you know, maybe I should so. give living a try. That could be cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why not? That should I've be like the lived... tagline: "Give living a try," or like <laughs> "Give not killing your friend's grandma a try." Like, I want to oh see that gosh. as the marketing. Um, that's wonderful news. I'm so glad that, I mean, I, you really perked me up, honestly, because, uh, oh. it has been very slow and I did not see that news today. And yeah, I think Reed had a good, um, take on the venue situation, which I like that I want to, I want to believe this, which is obviously so many local venues are just not going to survive. Right. That's just not going to happen. The, the independent of- ones. Yeah. There's, uh, with right. this, the start of the year, I know in the Chicago land area, is when a lot of venues right. have been starting to announce closing or being sold or, you know. But what he said, which I think, because he comes from a building background, he's done a lot of like, um, he did a lot of the Pete's coffees and 
in the, the Bay Area back in the day. Woo, shout out to Pete's Coffee. Um, <laughs> see, he sees it more as like, a, okay, these venues are going to go under. It's so sad and hard for these communities, especially like underground music communities. But people, once once music is allowed to happen again and we're, we're safe and we're all kind of vaccined, somebody's going to come in and take on those venues. And it's just, a lot of those empty venues are going to be repopulated by new people and new ideas and new money, hopefully, and new cultures, whatever. So I think that is interesting to think about. I used to think like, oh, if we lose this venue, we lose it forever. But, you know, someone's going to, the prices are going to go way down. So, you know, you never know if people are just going to like move in there and just start something fresh. I mean, they have to, right? They can't all turn into like a bistro or like a coffee shop or, I mean, they're set up to be venues, a lot of them, right? So why would you like change the construction of the building or any of that, you know? Right. My, my hope is that uh, Live Nation stays out of as many as possible. Right. <laughs> and there goes my Live Nation endorsement um, that I don't have one. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just because they're, you know, it independent music, independent music venues are so important. Um, and uh, I mean, l- companies like Live Nation are just so monstrous. They're so big. Um, they can, I mean, they can, you know, they've got the money to do such things, but there's also the importance of having the independent venue is, is helping a band get to the Live Nation level, right? Absolutely, yeah. So without the the indie venues, there's no artist to put, you know, up to that. Right up to that level so but people are gonna move into those venues like just oh, yeah. like people I mean, always say like punk is dead or whatever and it's like okay well this it might not sound like punk to you but what these kids are doing that are like gen z or whatever it's it's weird and it's their own thing and like everyone has to rise up at some point and put together something on their own and like there's just gonna be people that are gonna do zines and they're gonna do podcasts and they're gonna do shows and like that spirit is not gonna die that's yeah. what makes me feel hopeful Oh yeah, you know, like it's more about the people than the venues themselves. As harsh as that sounds, you know, they're icons in our community. You know, like these are iconic venues that are really like on the edge, especially Mm -hmm. like in the Bay Area and LA and stuff. Right. But um, like it's always gonna. I don't know. I just believe in. I believe in DIY. Like it's just gonna happen. It's gonna keep. It's gonna keep going somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I I I don't. I personally don't doubt that. I mean, yeah, venues are gonna close, but they'll come back in some other way, shape or form. Right. And, uh, or there'll be new ones, you know? Um, so it, it's just, it's the circle of life. So it's just like when there's a big forest fire, it, it gets burned down, but eventually it becomes a forest again. What do you Um, know about forest fires? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Let me tell you about some forest fires. I it's love true. that like I'm telling you about movies and you're telling me about forest fires. <laughs> Only you can prevent forest fires. Oh my goodness. Tell me I know, about that it. Is, that is funny. You're telling That's me really about funny. movies. I'm telling you about forest fires yeah. and I've never uh, experienced one or been I'm near one. I'm loving it. No, it's so true. But you're so right. It's just a really <laughs> ill-fated um, thing. But no, you're completely right. It's so true. I think we should make a children's book that's called like... It has these metaphors in it and it's all about like how like, you know, DIY will survive and like, you know, I feel like this is a very children's book concept. Um, I'm just spitballing here. DIY or die. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's a little on the dark side, but Daddy, Daddy's <laughs> DIY or die. Uh, I don't know. Everyone poops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that is is really fun. I actually had a conversation with my son about that the other day. The book or just no, people pooping? No, about how yeah, everybody poops, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. He, I hope you had the book. <laughs> I don't think he understood the concept that that women poop too. I don't think he oh. like. I don't know. At least that be, this. At least this be a sad day when he realizes <laughs> that women poop. I feel bad for him. That's like a very sad day for all men. <laughs> oh, gosh. oh god, that's rough. Oh man. It's like well, Santa Claus. He's... You need to make sure it's that like, like your Santa girlfriend Claus. or whoever like just. Keep it like keep it alive like Santa Claus as long as possible. <laughs> Just keep it going <laughs> until his classmates have to tell him. Like you know, like little Sally totally goes poop. Yeah, <laughs> I love how we went to like we started this podcast talking about flushing the toilet, and now Oops. we're like back to <laughs> and now we're like back to poop. Yeah, I mean, hey, twenty twenty one. Uh, we gotta just find levity where we can so i'm cool with it <laughs> oh god um well this has been a lot of fun Haley. um same Jacques. yeah i uh thank you so much for uh, i almost feel like i was interviewed this is weird really <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like you were asking me a lot of questions but and oh. i'm totally fine with that like it was just like uh, i'm not not always used to that so like oh, i hope yeah. i just hope we talked enough about you because oh. i know like me personally when i'm listening to a podcast and i'm listening to the host to just rant about themselves and they've got a guest on i'm like what the hell are you doing this podcast oh, no. it's like this podcast yeah. isn't about you it's a, oh my like, god i've been on so many interviews like that or like where uh, somebody'll be like and they'll just have like a really they have a really specific answer they want you to answer or like it's a very closed question mm. so they'll be like so do you feel this really specific way about this really specific thing or do you not and you just go no or yes, you know, and then they can talk about whatever they want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, you have no, um, no risk of that. That's for sure. But mm. I should say as a journalist and as a writer, uh, this is the advice I've given every person who's asked me about writing and about like storytelling. And I always say like, if it's not interesting to you, it's not interesting to the reader. I didn't invent that. I wish I did, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no, honestly, that's, that's true. I, and, I go and... where the curiosity goes. Like mm -hmm. if I'm, and I love asking questions and I love meeting new people and like you've brightened my day. So you oh, really well, have. You brightened my day as well. And yeah, I, you. I was, so. we didn't, uh, that was one of the things we didn't get to. I know you said you're a freelancer, you're a writer. So, mm -hmm. are, so do you just like pitch yourself to a bunch of different, um, uh, like websites and magazines and things like that? Or is there? No, I mean, I used to write for like, uh, newspapers and magazines and stuff. I shouldn't even say I'm a freelance writer anymore, but I do freelance marketing and I'll, some of the clients I have, I just do writing for. So like it's blogging, it's, and it's all like cool local tourism for like highway one and in, in California, like the beautiful coastline and like the cities there or like wineries or, uh, like I have a local food co-op that I do stuff for. So it's like, it's all my like clients I really like and stuff. And I do mm -hmm. a lot of writing. I still ca call myself a freelance writer, I think, because I'm so attached to that mentality of being a journalist. And I was, I was a journalist for like 10 years, but I made no money. And then I realized... <laughs> I'm so shocked to hear that. Isn't that funny? It's just like journalists. And I also got a 
speaking of vintage millennial being an old millennial, I got my degree in print journalism for oh, print wow. newspapers in 2008, which I feel kind of upset that the school would even do that. Like, why would they even allow a bunch of kids to do that? Like they knew it was a sinking ship, but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor yeah, there. Cause so, look at, yeah. Cause look at newspapers now. <laughs> oh God. And I'm, I'm, I learned a lot. Like I learned a lot about storytelling. I've interviewed a lot of people and like, Ah, I don't know. It really changed my perspective and it made me less shy. I used to be a little bit more shy about meeting people. Mm-hmm. And I, I think after like doing it so often, I'm sure you can relate to it. You kind of just know there's certain things you can connect with people about. And like, it's always worth asking that question or talking to that person because it's going to open the door to your world. Like if we can't travel right now, but we can talk to people and we can like find out about people we don't know. And I think um, anyone that wants to do a podcast or a zine or like wants to be uh, any sort of storyteller, like the advice I would give is just like, go out there and like have, have an excuse to talk to somebody, like make the thing like a podcast or like even a band or whatever, (laughs) make it, make the excuse that you, so you can go out and like, you know, have something there uh, Mm -hmm. to start the conversation. And I, I did that through zines and stuff and growing up and like, I don't know where we're going with it, but yeah, marketing is how I make money. <laughs> so okay. I do have to do that. And, um, I certainly don't make a living off of my music, but, uh, I also try really hard to like get that radio play and like be out there in the public and stuff. And I appreciate when people do share, pick up our records. We do have vintage millennials out now. We have church of flag on cassette. Um, we have That's vintage cool. millennial on eight track. Um, Oh, that's awesome. It's fake. It's like a download card, basically. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we do have um, um, uh, Church of Flag is going to come out on vinyl off on Rita, Rita Records and Canada is going to put it out. Sweet. Um, it's going to be very limited run. And so that's going to be coming out. And then we are going to be working with a very exciting uh, producer and um, musician that I probably shouldn't talk about yet. Um, just yet but it's going to be a very cool pairing so if the people are you know if you do know the band and you know who we are i think when you find out kind of what's happening with the next record what's announced shortly soon after this interview uh you will be excited to hear kind of where we're going that's so vague i'm sorry i just i have big news but it's one of those things where i can't i shouldn't say anything yet and um just know that it's like the 80s the 80s are back and Uh we're bringing it back so that's okay. all I'm going to say. All right. Well, I'm excited to, to hear what this uh, is going to sound so vague. like. So it's really vague. just It's really just the Ghostbusters soundtrack we're doing. <laughs> we're, we're just hooking up with Ray Parker Jr. It's, <laughs> well, you, um, know. you know how people do like um, Ramones, like do the entire Ramones album, like a cover tribute. Yeah. Um, we always talk about doing one for uh, Huey Lewis in the News for Ooh, uh, sports because cool. we love Huey Lewis in the News and like yeah. we love everything about his like even his lyrics are really smart like yes half, maybe half the time yes thank you thank mm-hmm. you and so yeah that would be our like that's going to be our big news is we're doing sports we're just going to do sports in its entirety so that's i'll just tell you that's i'm getting letting the cat out of the bag it's just that that's what that's we're doing the big news awesome the big news. i love it <laughs> yeah so i yeah you've let me talk certainly about myself so i do appreciate that oh good i yeah. well i i appreciate you <laughs> so thank you for uh for being open and and uh, wanting to talk so yeah great yeah, to be on the podcast yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun so um i i hope uh i hope we can do this again sometime sure i'd love it
Awesome. I'll come on and talk movies. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll, I'll start a, a a movie podcast, and it'll yeah. just be getting you to watch these movies and yeah. getting your reaction yeah, on them. Totally. And then I can just be like, "Have you heard of Coneheads? <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of that movie? It's groundbreaking. Let me tell you. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I still have never seen that movie. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, wow. I know. I know. Again, with my movie references. Like, I mean, you, I know I'm the... just above your head. I just, I can't believe <laughs> I... how, how I much know the I know. movie, okay? I know the movie. I've just never seen it. So, so when you watch it, I watched it recently, actually. <laughs> I don't know why. It was on TV or something. But, like, you're going to realize there's every single 90s, like, celebrities in that movie. Like, there's people from Seinfeld. And, like, it's it's every single person from the entire 90s of comedy in that one movie and you just don't realize it as a kid so go back and watch it now and it's i mean it's a fine piece of cinema i think it's a very (laughs) i love that it's a coneheads a fine piece of cinema (laughs) i never thought i would (laughs) yeah (laughs) coneheads s you know oh man that's gonna be your next look isn't it just have a (laughs) yeah just cone straight head. cone head. Yeah. And filed down teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned, people. Oh, God. All right. Well, uh, Haley, you have a, have a great rest of the, the afternoon. Thanks so much. Um, <laughs> I will uh, talk to you later, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye. All right. Toodaloo. <laughs> Special thanks once again to Haley Kane of Haley and the Crushers for being on with us today. Honestly, easily one of my favorite conversations I've ever had on this podcast. It was natural. It flowed so well. You really are a true gem, Haley. And I promise by the end of this week, I will get you that movie list. (laughs) I promised her this like because we recorded this episode weeks ago and I still haven't gotten her that movie list so I need to get on that uh Haley and the Crushers latest release is called Fun Sized and it's out now via Rumbar Records and you can get links to that album uh merch upcoming events uh just literally everything Haley and the Crushers at Haleyandthecrushers.com and by the way Haley is spelt H-A-Y-L-E-Y. And you can also give them a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Haley and the Crushers. This episode of Pop Punk and Pizza has been sponsored by Fight Back Mountain, a pop punky alternative-ish band from St. Louis. They've got a new single out right now called Die Young, which you can find on Spotify or at fightbackmountain.bandcamp.com. Let's listen to the song in full. Yeah, yeah. 
upcoming album Lavender Sky being released this summer in July. Die Young is available now on all streaming platforms and at fightbackmountain.bandcamp.com. You can also follow the band on Instagram and Twitter at fightbackmtn and then on Facebook at Fightback Mountain. And if your band, business, or event would like to sponsor an episode of the podcast, you can go to poppunkpizzapod.com forward slash sponsor for all the details. That's going to close things out for me today. I'm Jacques Lamour. This was truly a blast. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. Thank you for listening and for all of your love and support. If you're new to the podcast, you can catch up on previous episodes on all major platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or you can do so at poppunkpizzapod.com. You can also buy merch, sign up for our mailing list, or contact me on our website as well. Uh, You can also stay connected on uh, social media at pop punk pizza pod and uh, that's for facebook twitter and instagram and of course i forgot to mention if you are in a band or you're a publicist you can always shoot me an email to uh, pitch your band at bangerangradio 
at gmail.com. Now, the next episode coming your way will be this Tuesday, March 9th, and this is going to be our monthly 10 songs episode. So it's going to be uh, just me, you, and a bunch of great music to listen to. I can't wait for that. So have a fantastic weekend, and I look forward to spending time with you next week. Hey, hello, it's nice to meet you. Hey, come in and have a slice of pizza. Hey, hello, it's nice.